Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 85 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I am your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy y'all, I'm up to uh, 48, 45. Leg day? Hey, uh, looks like... 3,715 and still climbing. Altadine? 2,900. Grubbard? Uh, falling behind 2,800. <laughs> and oh. Powell? Uh, I just hit over 1,000. Congrats. Nice. Yeah, congrats. The 1K Club. All right. Ah, now you're finally beginning to experience arc life. <laughs> oh, I just know arc life. <laughs> Uh, so it's been a quiet week this week, or has it? A new patch is out, which makes it possible for Sarkos to finally fit through Dino Gates, and the Quet C4 bomber has been patched. What does that mean? Who knows? But we also talk about drop hunting and how it is important to take the time to get those beacon drops. All this and more, but before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Kevinico Wolfboy says, Let me explain about voxel games such as Portal Knights, Fortress Craft Evolved, Colony, Survival, Total Miner, Voxel Turf, etc. There's no shortage of games like that, and mods from Minecraft get people's attentions until they burn out, and new content on Minecraft to get regains their attention over and over again. PixArk will end up after six months later not getting the best attention, both from PC and mobile. Hmm. What do you guys oh, think? Six months and then PixArk is fizzled out? Well, they have a history of, of kind of letting projects wither on the vine if they're not getting momentum. Ah, but who has the history? Because remember, Studio Wildcard isn't making the Pixar game. That's Snail Games. Well, that's well you look at it. I looked at the Steam charts the other day. It only had 7,000 people playing. 7,000, but I think I said last week or the week before it had sold 120,000 copies so far. This was like two days ago I checked. Right. Actually, if I remember correctly, Valve is making it so that Services like Steam Spy will no longer have that information to see really? how many copies are sold. Yeah, they've uh, made it so that Steam profiles are on private by default. So uh, Steam Spy That's can't see the kind of games idea, so. Eh. I always loved knowing what games we're selling while and we're doing pretty good in the Steam charts. I hate not having that kind of information, at least from a, a, write, a freelance writer perspective. Um, and then uh, Kimonika Wolfboy also said, I would agree with the capping of speed because that would be limiting it to 130%. It would not be pointless, but feel that it would be your full potential. Look at people running around in the Olympics. They have reached top speed for humans that can, for human beings. Should there be a cap? Yes. For player movement speed? Mm -hmm. Player movement speed. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you don't want people teleporting all over the map just because their speed's so high. Oh, I've <laughs> long been in favor of total speed nerf. Yeah, and we talked about this in episode 84, which was last week, where speed in PvP, so I would suggest you guys listen to it. We had a pretty decent discussion, I'd like to think. Fizan, or Cyan, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, so sorry, simply wrote, you should live stream your podcast as well. It would not be well. It would not be good. That yeah. is my PC the, the demonetization would take like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think We'd Twitch would ban Rico. me pretty quickly. We'd have to remove Rico. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, there have been plenty of episodes where I didn't swear at all. 
This is very uh, true. Uh, that well, one's I could swear on Twitch, but yes, but you can't say your political views on Twitch. Well, unless you're, you know, a liberal or an SJW. Unless you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> unless your political to, views are not the ones I hold, you cannot say them on Twitch. Just to go off tangent on this real quick, did anybody watch the Bully Hunters live stream, or at least the vod of it? Yes. That clip that you posted. Oh was really cringy. My. Oh, I the, did not. They were saying it was crunchy, so I did not. Oh, is, so bad. oh my god, that was just so. It, it was like, it was like condensing all of the crash override bullcrap from a few years ago in, in, in into a couple of uh, quick little bits, and mm -hmm. it was a glorious train wreck to watch. It was so bad. Oh, uh, I couldn't believe. And the so-called live stream, which they took two different clips. Uh, so the. The chick that was supposedly playing live and getting harassed online, well, when they put, called in the so-called bully hunter, did he end up on a different map than the one she was playing on? They showed two know. different clips of two different maps. I didn't watch it that closely, to be honest. That and, you know, oh, to be honest, I mean, it wasn't like they were actually playing, uh, either of them were actually playing the game that was on the screen in front of them, so. Right, exactly. Then they uh, stated false facts. Ooh. And it was like, wow. But essentially their service is they bring in so-called pro gamers to come in to bully the harasser to stop harassing the victim. Oh, yeah, that's going to work well. So that's right moronic. now there's the two sponsors attached to Bully Hunters quickly started distance, distancing themselves. Steel Series, and I forget the second uh, company that was uh, sponsoring them. For this I, event. It's it's just a scam, anyways. So I mean, to oh, be honest, a I, scam. I look at this as uh, well, it's almost like they want to bring back a certain hashtag movement, so they have another book, so they have a boogeyman again. Which that movement was never the boogeyman, which is well, well of course not. You know, I mean, <laughs> like that's why I call it the boogeyman. It's always been. Yeah. It's never been what they said it was. It more or less, uh, I mean, it, it more where there was more. They really accomplished goals. It just sort of proved that the people they were angry at didn't give a crap and weren't going to change no matter what. So yeah. you just have to let them die. And, and when I say let them die, I mean economically speaking. Mm -hmm. Well, so let, let's stop it here. But I'd suggest to our listeners check out the bullyhunters.org. I think the website got taken down recently. But uh, if you can find the video or the bot of the live stream, it's Bully Hunters something something something. You can check out. I just maybe love that somebody YouTuber tried to out four chan four chan, and that's just not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, but check it out, see how cringy it is, and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, our final comment: Next generation gaming. He writes, "What I want to know is, does the thirty percent nerf to Ma shops apply all the time, or just when ridden? I would be perfectly okay with still having the full harvest rates when not ridden as a trade off." for dealing with the crappy AI. Plus, it's realistic. I'm surprised that tiny thing can even hold your weight, much less efficiently gather things while doing so. Uh, as far as I know, it's 30% across the board, whether you're riding it or not. Yeah, <clears throat> they don't care about that. Nah, though I would have liked that comp compromise quite a bit. That, that would have been nice, though. That yep, all right, let's move I, on. I really don't get why they made the Moss Chop rideable, to be honest. Because, because cool. they accidentally did it on that patch, and then they had Everybody so much feedback. Everybody thought it was amusing. Yeah. Everybody liked it, so they're like, oh, might as well. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. Pogue1995 wrote a Reddit post titled, Being Meshed Again. 
CNN's devs are currently active more on Reddit than uh, on Reddit. Any chance I can get some assistance? And then he didn't update. Wow, still not a single response from a dev. And here's me thinking all this talk that you're actually making meshing a high priority right now is true. Little update after a long 24 hours of dealing with these scumbags. There were three guys meshed my tribe. We somehow grabbed one with a quest from under the map. He is now handcuffed and chaired and painted <laughs> in black as he is now in my gimp. Two of the other guys came up from under the mesh and were stuck in the crystal cave as we both as we control both ends. I don't think they can get out unless they know how to get back under the map from there. But I chased one of them with a theory and got his thick loot. The others I haven't seen again, so I guess they found a way out and off the server. We still have level 108 mesher, famous YouTuber, caged. I'm serious, the guy is a pretty big ARC YouTuber. If a dev would like to contact me and actually start to care about your game, I have proof of everything needed for a worthy ban. Update 2, currently being handled. Thanks, guys, for the upvotes, etc. Ban measures one at a time. Now, Jet did respond to this saying, you'll want to make a support ticket at support.survivethearc.com. Provide them with all the evidence you have, including links to any screenshots of videos you've taken, and the team there will be able to investigate. I understand there's a bit of a response time, but they follow up with the ticket. It's usually about 7 to 10 days right now. The development team may follow up with additional information if it's something we're looking into or working on from a technical side. But otherwise, this is our CS team's domain. 7 to 10 days to deal with the mesh. Yep. 7 to 10 days to deal with the problem that's probably going to be over in a couple hours. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's great. That's just great. Now, once again, they've got to have a team dedicated to instantly check these out. I was just thinking that. Like the mesh police. <laughs> the mesh police. <laughs> but yeah, that's the problem. And if they're not able to get this, if they don't have the capabilities to record and get the screenshots, because frankly, devs don't care about the screenshots. They want video proof. That's the only way they're going to act. And even then, well, you're lucky if they're going to act out against these cheaters and meshers. Go ahead. Oh, you're talking about like mesh and PvP, mm -hmm. correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they'll want video proof. Yeah, that's the problem. I thought you were talking about something else. Bad. <laughs> Though I've I'm never stupid. heard of, what did they say? Mesher, who's a YouTuber? Anybody? Nope. Mm -mm. All right, not so me. not that big, at least for us. All right, so uh, Trini Gamer 10 asked this question that keeps coming up over and over. Will Survival of the Fittest ever be revived? No. And Jet replied, <laughs> replied to this saying, Just to clear it up, this as this comes up regularly, we don't have any plans currently to work on the game mode. We know there are some big fans for it, and we enjoy it too, but right now our focus is on the core, core game. If that was to change, or we had something worth sharing, we would let you know. I totally understand why people are still upset about this to this day, and I think it was kind of a fun game mode, but same time, I'm kind of happy that they're focusing back on the core game. Uh, yeah, but it took them way too long for them to finally get focused on the core game because they worked on Survival of the Fittest for what a year. Yeah, and they had all those prizes. Remember, they were they prizes, were all the tournaments. Hard. Yeah, and I think in the end, the game mechanics just weren't good enough to support competitive gameplay. At least that was my theory. The spectating tools wasn't good enough, or wasn't ex existing at the time to fairly show SOTF if from a spectating side for the most part. That's something they'd have to work on more and more, not just the gameplay balance as well. All right. Um, hardware malfunction has led to the 
deletion of PS4 servers 601 to 603, according to Adam, aka at the Little Panda. And he tweeted, update on PS4 601 to 603. The text at our data center had determined that a hardware issue caused this machine to fail. This means the current saves are lost. We are working on getting a replacement machine set up and will load from a backup once it's online. More info to come. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are you saying they actually had a backup? Surprisingly, yes. They keep their backups on a different server than the actual server. Wow, I I can't believe they had that much foresight. I made me shocked. So yeah, glad that they actually have a backup. I wish they had that for a lot of the PC servers that had the same problem as well. At least they're learning. They're learning. Hopefully. For all we know, this is just for the consoles and not for us. Now. Actually, it could be because consoles, they have to keep them separately for some reason. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? We're complimenting them on good foresight. It turns out it's just, just, you know, know, nature of the beast. All right, let's uh, move on now. Tactical Dash 395 on the official forums, Survival, Ark Survival Evolved forums, wrote, I play on the Ragnarok map on Ark Survival Evolved. I spawned in a few aberration creatures, Rock Drake, Basilisk, Glowtail, to try them out before I bought the DLC, and I have not to spawn them or kill them yet. And ever since the update, I am always crashing every 30 or so minutes back to the Xbox dashboard and losing a lot of progress, causing me to have to do it all over again, which is extremely annoying and frustrating, even when using the save world command. If anyone has a possible solution to this, let me know, please. Also, one last thing, I have already tried uninstalling the game and my account. I've tried clearing the cache. I've tried clearing persistent storage. I've tried hard reset. I've tried turning off and on normally. It still doesn't work. But for some reason, other maps like the island do not have this issue, and it seems to be a problem on Ragnarok only as far as I know. Any solutions to this problem would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Uh, He posted up a little video of what the crash looked like. And then uh, Jack got into this particular thread and said, I have some good news about this. It looks like we've saved at least approximately 10 to 25% worth of memory on Ragnarok, depending on where you are, and it's possible we could have saved more in some cases. In addition to that, I haven't been able to reproduce the GPU memory crash, so it looks like we're in a pretty solid spot. Hopefully, it'll take it's taken care of once and for all. Once this patch goes live, I'll be closing down this thread, and if, and if necessary, we'll make a new one if there are further cases we need to invest to investigate and look into. Thank you for your patience, guys. I know this is taking a lot longer than anyone could want. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on this with the future update. Normally, I'm not one to try and get folks' hopes up or build up hype, but it's looking really good right now. Sadly, I won't be able to check all cases, but I will be looking forward to the feedback from everyone. Hopefully, I haven't jinxed it by letting you know a little sooner. So yeah, honestly, this, I don't think this has really anything to do with the fact that he spawned in stuff from... Uh... Aberration. I mean, I live on a rag server where we have yeah. wild spawns of aberration stuff, and the server performs like a rag server does. There's more lag than the island. Oh well. Yep. So yeah, uh, consoles are still waiting some of the patches, uh, especially TLC. I believe they're also still waiting for the 100 turret limit patch. Oh really? Answers. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox is Xbox and PS4 still hasn't got that. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out for the consoles. In the meantime, Draken ZA said or made a title or a post titled Wildcard, when are you going to implement the insane work Epic has done for you? And he goes on to write, Not sure how where people are, but Epic has a game called Fortnite. Really? I never knew that. Oh what? 
It has tons of buildings, players, assets, etc. all over the place, much like Ark. The difference is, instead of leaving it in a laggy mess, Epic went and made massive changes to Unreal Engine 4, which make things like tons of trees, tons of buildings, tons of players, stress the game and server a lot less. Mm -mm. In the video I show, you can see how they took a massive tower that is made up of pieces, just like bases in Ark, and created systems that allow it to pretty much become a texture in com computer memory, resulting in a million times better performance. If Wildcard would have to take all these things that have been implemented in Unreal Engine 4 by Epic, Ark would be a completely different game. Imagine Ark with no server lag, no client lag from massive bases, better overall FPS from tree optimizations, and so much more. Fortnite VR servers run at a stable 20 hertz with 100 players doing all sorts of stuff. Arc servers can't keep a stable 5 hertz with just 50 players. This is just proof of how Wildcard really doesn't care. They don't even have to do the bulk of the work anymore. Epic has done it. So, Wildcard Jesse. He's talking about. Yeah. Well, it's not okay. even comparable. It's not even comparable. The, the two games, in my opinion, and I don't play Fortnite, I do not think they're as comparable as he thinks they are. They both have a building system, but in general, Arc building system will have thousands of more pieces. Right. Than but as Fortnite. Rico said, well, you know, I actually gotta, I, I want to put one thing. He did make one good point in all that. Mm -hmm. There is one thing he mentioned that definitely will save on RAM because. You're cutting out, Rico. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. See? Still cutting. <laughs> any, any better? Uh, no. It's going to be a hell of an editing job this week, huh? I know. <laughs> okay. First of all, Fortnite's like a cartoon. It looks like a freaking cartoon. And if Ark looks like a cartoon like that, yeah, you would have better frame rates. You would have better server, server lag because the computer doesn't take... Like yes. that much stress from a computer, uh, like a cartoon game. You could have the cheapest computer you could buy right now and build and run Fortnite at a decent frame rate. You can't do that with Ark because of how detailed and how big the maps are and how everything meshes together. I would I'll probably not play Ark. I, I think if it looks like his... Fortnite. So one of his points, though, about merging pieces together to make less processing power, I mean, maybe... That was what I was going to try and get at. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's a fair point. There's some theoretical uh, things... The that Castle and Keeps mod that I used to use did, did that once you built... Rico, you got out again. ...a bunch of tiles once you had... We'll do it in post. Bye-bye, Rico. <laughs> but I think his point was that once you put a couple of tiles down, they get merged together and treated as one tile. Now, right. I don't know if the damage system still maintains a per tile basis you know let's say you've got a merged three by three set of walls that turn into one giant wall does that mean that they can still take damage in the corner mm -hmm. yeah well uh wildcard jesse did respond to this saying we have not seen that epic withholds critical updates and we do frequently take their updates that are relevant to arc even before the final engine versions are released to the public it's important to remember, however, that Fortnite and PUBG, and indeed most multiplayer games in general, are session-based games, the entire world resets for every match, that do not have tens of thousands of AI entities and persistent player-built structures to calculate. Exactly. Exactly. These types of games generally don't have the same problems to solve that an, an always-on, always-changing, always-dynamic, and large-scale persistent world game has. Because of that, we have made a, more, a lot more server and network optimiz optimizations that are proprietary to ARC's game mechanics. Uh, like that, you were mentioning totally how you were sure about how the damage system would hand the tiles. Yeah. I've actually seen this uh, working uh, in ARC with uh, the uh, Castle Keeps mod. 
basically it just merges the textures once they reach a certain size, therefore lowering the, uh, the load stress. It's still mesh-wise nine independent objects instead of a three by three, uh, three, but the texture load makes a fairly substantial difference. But here's something people need to understand about what's causing your system lag, which is what's happening on your end. That is almost universally going to be shadows and water. Well, there's two kinds of lag. There's the visual lag that's causing FPS drop, but he also mentioned the server tick rate a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think the server tick rate is going to be affected by the number of um, how, how dense the texture mapping is. However, I suppose if the server is transmitting objects to your client so that you can render in a building, maybe it would be more efficient to send like one giant three by three wall piece as opposed to nine you know, particular individual pieces. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But, but remember, you messages know, the, the and textures point, are actually loaded separately, so... The devs point is 100% accurate. Uh, Arc has a ton of objects in-game that constantly need to be updated, and everyone needs to be updated as to their location. Yep. The AI dinos all have to appear in the same spot for everybody when there's a massive attack and there's projectiles going everywhere. I guess that's kind of similar to Fortnite. But just in terms of how much data is going back and forth that needs to be coordinated, I just think it's massively... It's, a, it's on a different scale than it is for Fortnite. Fortnite's optimized for what it is, and it's good at what it does. Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Now... And I'm not trying to make excuses. I mean, there's still obviously room for improvement and refinement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you can't compare a game like Fortnite to a game like Ark Survival Evolved. Yeah. Just like you can't not. compare a game like Fortnite to World of Warcraft. Two separate games completely. Now, Han Sosa simply titles his post as End the DDoS and goes on to write, Please invest in better DDoS protection or better methods. My server has been at 255 ping for the greater part of this week. This is one of the biggest problems on Arc, and I've seen it happen on official and unofficial servers. This has ruined the game for many people I know as it doesn't allow you to play at all. We have dinos getting low on food, babies starving, and generators slowly running out of fuel. This should not be a PvP tactic. It's illegal, yet I see nothing from Wildcard to address this. I realize it is quite hard to prosecute on, prosecute on, but there has to be a way to make it more difficult. It's, gone, it's been going on since the game has released and will continue unless you do your job. Stop adding new content and fix the current problems that plague the game. Now, Wildcard Chris did respond to this saying, this is a very tough issue and one that we've been working on continually from the beginning. It continues to be an active area of focus for us and our providers and will remain an area that we actively monitor for the life of the game. Please understand that we can't talk about what we're doing without giving the people who abuse these methods a leg up, but we are continually working on it, shifting our strategy, and looking at new and different solutions to the problem. As for what you can do, report what you see. We can't talk openly about aspects of this problem, but we are listening. Yeah, you know, like not to repeat week. myself from last week, but um, the the person who figures out how to stop DDoS attacks in general um, is going to be a millionaire. So, yeah, we've mm -hmm. talked about this in the past. There's no easy solution. I don't think if you told every game developer to stop what they're doing and solve DDoS, I think you'd end up with no progress on the game and DDoS still not being solved. Mm -hmm. So um... it's kind of like asking an engineer to make the rain stop. I mean, you're not even talking to the right people. Now, a lot of it, I think, is on their hosting provider, though. I mean, their hosting provider should be able to actively monitor attacks and start blocking them so as not to bog down the servers. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of bogging down the servers, one of the uh, servers in contention for the past week, week and a half, has been Scorched Earth 51. And uh, Gazik said 
Wildcard, it is time to fire your hosting provider and or your server managers. And he goes <laughs> on to write, for six days now, your server has been under attack. We see no meaningful discussion or mention from anyone at Wildcard regarding the problem. Many other industries have figured out how to mitigate or resolve DDoS attacks, and yet Wildcard still sits blindly in the dark. Your server administration team or your hosting provider or both have irreparably damaged your reputation as a game publisher and called into question the competency of your technical support staff. I cannot name one single other game publisher that is as content as Wildcard seems to be with large portions of the service being offline for nearly a week. What is being done to resolve this problem? Now, there was no response to this particular thread, but in another thread, I think we talked about this last week, they changed the IP address for Server 51. Yeah, didn't they just move it to EU? That's what somebody said. I didn't verify that myself. It's something I have to verify. But um, we've been talking more and more about DDoS over the past two weeks, especially this year. And uh, so what I'm trying to do is have a special episode, which will be next week, April 22nd, where we're going to record episode 86, where the main topic will be, a be we'll try to be about DDoS. And I am trying to get a number of veteran players to guest on this show to provide their thoughts and opinions on the topic. Right now, I have a couple of members from CC Army who will be joining us and hope to have some representatives from other tribes to talk about this particular subject and its effect on the game during Legacy to now. Has it been worse during the Legacy days? Is it worse now during the new era of ARC? Uh, these are the things we want to talk about, see what can Does be done. Does anybody remember when the PS Network got DDoSed uh, a couple years back? I think that happens like every Christmas. I actually brought that up <laughs> yeah. in a Patreon-only... Like it got closed out for six months? What? I don't think it was no. six months. No, so... It's Lizard's usually like three so days. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So... Because I did the reporting for this for a couple of websites. There was a, a group calling themselves Lizard Squad who was hitting Sony uh, PSN, Xbox Live. They hit Blizzard. They hit um, Riot Games, all their services. They hit the two console, uh, Microsoft and Sony, during the holiday season and even took it down, I think, uh, the PSN or Xbox Live during Christmas Day, if I remember correctly. Also, they could do this as a publicity stunt to promote their DDoS tool that people could pay a certain amount of money to take down a server or a website or whatever service for a certain amount of time depending on how much money they spent. Now, uh, I did talk about this a little bit in a Patreon-only post, so for those of you who want to check it out, support me on Patreon. Otherwise, hopefully next Sunday we're going to have a big discussion about DDoS and I want to see what the community can come up with as a whole. So if any but he wants to guess from some of the larger tribes. I'm looking for veteran players to get in, involved with this topic. A minimum of 5,000 hours in the game would be much appreciated. Oh. So come to the table. Not including our regular cast and uh, members in the tribe. You guys are excluded from that particular requirement. Nice. <laughs> Yay, nepotism. Because I don't think I'm any of valued. you guys right here. What was that? I'm valued. Well, I, I think also <laughs> a, a little bit of a background knowledge in computer networking or, you know, that, that would ops. help. That does help quite a bit. All right. So let's move on. Ivan Dragus has a, a suggestion saying, server-wide in-game messages instead of social media posts. He writes, when Wildcard have important information regarding the live game, that post you make on Twitter would be more valuable to your players if you broadcast a server-wide announcement. A little backstory. 
Yesterday, data, data centers around Europe were experiencing issues, which Wildcard took the time to acknowledge on social media. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we were running around our base, organizing Rexes for a boss run. The server was laggy, but nothing out of the ordinary. We get to the OB, poured in the Rexes, started the boss, two minutes passes. All EU servers go down. A quick check on social media, and we see the posts about data center issues. Now, this isn't Wildcard's fault, but a little heads up <laughs> in-game would have helped. This can also be said for pushing updates. Don't push an update and stop players from signing in without the update, without letting your in-game players know there's an update coming. In other words, have a message of the day or quote of the day that instantly shows up when you first log into the server, I think is what he is a suggestion, which is what quite a few MMOs tend to do. And uh, I would Walker... love to have a way to change the message while the server is actually live myself, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am surprised I don't have that as an ability as an admin. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I have. I can change uh, their commands to do it, but I have to take the server offline to get the message to actually change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This sounds like a reasonably good suggestion. This is is a suggestion that should be implemented. And uh, Walcar Chris did respond saying, "This is a good idea. I'll talk it over with the team. We do this already for planned outages to roll out updates, but probably worth considering doing in these cases." Thanks for the post. And to be honest, a lot of the player base doesn't really pay attention to social media or even the official forums where they make most of the announcements, such as this uh, weekend. We're recording every Sunday now at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's no Evolution event this weekend, and they announced it in the Community Crunch last week or the week before. But yet there's still people crying and whining, saying, Where's the Evolution event? We want time to win. Yeah. You do that really well. It's kind of creepy, actually. I, I have a lot of experience whining and crying. What can I say? We know. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, okay. I got you covered, Rico. <laughs> All right. Moving on. The Worm Rider has a suggestion saying that the Gigantopithecus should be able to lift wooden elevators for us. And he goes on to write, Wooden elevators can be a hassle for small tribes and solo players since someone must remain at the top to pull it up. But before you say use a metal elevator, metal ed elevators are not available for primitive players. Some people prefer the look of wood over metal, and metal ev elevators are pretty expensive to make. Sure, you could use picks to climb to the top and then lift animals or your tribe mates up, but this is tedious, so why not get one of your aberrant Bigfoot friends to help you lift that elevator? If a Bigfoot is in range of the levers, then an assigned to nearest elevator le lever will appear in the circle menu. Think of, think of the S-plus hitching post. Above the elevator lever and platform, text will appear that says operated by Bigfoot's name. If an elevator is powered by a Bigfoot, then you can press E on the elevator on the platform to order the Bigfoot to lift, then E again to stop. Hold down E on the elevator to drop the platform. Since Bigfoot are found on aberration, this feature would make sense and still fit the theme of a primitive elevator. I, I just picture him in a suit with a top hat and white white gloves standing there like an old old First tiny elevator floor, operator. Please. I just it, get stuck at what's the value. What's yeah, the I mean, value I like the putting idea, this in the game? But I, I think it'd be simpler if he just added a crank to the base of the elevator. So you can mm. drop the elevator. Or just put the crank on, on, on the platform. Yeah. There you go. Make it not public. Yeah. I I think it's a cool mechanic, whether it would be implemented, I doubt. I think a lot of role-playing servers would have fun with this. True. More stands like PvE. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Cowboy Ka says, "How would you raid my base?" And he writes, 
So far, I haven't had that much experience with Raiden. Recently, I started playing on a PvP server with a couple of friends. Now it is clear that we will get raided soon. We'll be online and the opponents will be about as many as we are. We've been thinking a lot, but I'd love to hear your opinion. What would you do? Where do you see weak points? I thought about them dropping rock golems with the Quetzal rushing us with some gigas. And then he posted a link to his base. And it's a pretty good base, but obviously the weak parts would be the cliff itself. It's something we could just scale or get through to hide from the line of sight of the turrets for the most part. I'd actually also say that the weakest point is what times they're playing. Well, yeah. Oh, I know, geez. that kind of goes saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But in a scenario where they're all online and they're fighting against equal or greater numbers, what would be the weak spots of the base? I I looked at this and I really couldn't see anything that I would target specifically. What I would say mm -hmm. is as long as you're online when they hit, it should be okay. Make sure you have guns available around the base and not in specific areas. Um, make sure things are spread out and easy to move. What can end up happening is you get hit, and then you can't move any of your dinos where they need to go. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it for them, uh, their base design. It's not all one big large base, but they have multiple sections. And far enough away, it looks like that they've... Uh, cap the 100 turret limit for each section that they built a small or partial base to. So that was a pretty good idea on their part for planning. But yeah, otherwise, the, the cliffs would be their weakest spots for the most part. Especially if it comes to offline rain, that'll obviously be where they're going to get hit. The very top two of their base wasn't really fully fleshed out yet. So that's their also their next biggest weakness for assault. But yeah, I wouldn't mind more posts like these. Gets people I would to think. also, just random uh, last piece of advice is to add more barriers leading mm -hmm. up to the ramp to the main section of the base. Yeah. One behemoth, or even, I think he's got two behemoth gates, is probably not sufficient, though they got tons of dino gateways leading up, which is pretty cool. Alright, let's move on. The community crunch is out. And they had a number of things to announce um, regarding console transfers and the TLC2. They wrote, we're targeting console release for this update in mid-April, week of April 16th. And we'll keep you posted about more accurate release dates once we get closer to the date. With this update, we'll also be enabling item transfers and the vanilla version of Aberrant Creatures to be moved to Aberration servers. This means that you'll be able to take over your regular Spino to an Aberration server. Preventing people from building within the Ragnarok Puzzle Cave, so if you store any structures or creatures down there, make use of this time to relocate them ASAP. Once this update goes live on console, that will no longer be possible. It is important to note that the turret update will not go live on console with this update, but instead a future one. Ah, so I was right, it wasn't on there yet. Hmm. I wonder what the reason is that the turret update hasn't gone live on console yet. You'd think that'd be the first thing. I just think the uh, release cycle on console is a lot more official and probably takes a lot more approval, and they're probably not used to it yet. Yeah, which is funny because the, the console version been out for, what, at least a year now? Yeah. And then uh, yeah. there was a maintenance for some NA North American PC servers, which already happened. And then, where was it? Ah, official PC legacy PVE save files have been released, and they wrote... 
Attention PC PvE Legacy Survivors. We've made the current Legacy PC PvE save files available to download. Somebody say, try to say that five times fast. This has been a community request for some time from About our player base. Time. As soon as some of you have expressed interest in moving on to your own dedicated servers. The snapshot was taken on the 3rd of April 2018, and we're going to see if we can also make console PvE Legacy saves available. Please keep in mind that we won't be offering this on our regular official network or PvP legacy servers. So uh, we got the legacy PvP uh, save files a while back, which I was happy about. So hopefully the PvE players will have fun with that too. Now, moving on to patch notes. Only one patch this week, and that was 279.252. They uh, fixed a Quet C4 bomber exploit. Fix an otter weight limit working properly. Fix Sarko not fitting through dino gates, finally. Players can no longer be handcuffed to toilets. Wild Raptor now pounces players in PvE. Corrected the Glowtail egg weight. Parasur platform saddle is now in aberration supply crates. Moshop's dossier updated. Debugging information for get modifier keys crash. Sponsored mod page updated. Fix a rare physics crash related to destruction. So, the Quet C4 bomber exploit. Anybody have an, any idea what this is? Are they talking about, like, if you place pretty much... If you, like, build a platform underneath the Quetzal and put C4 on top of the platform, mm -hmm. like, I, I saw this one video. He, like, did walls down to where it goes underneath the Quetzal. Then he placed a few ceilings, and then he did... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, hatch frames with hatch frame doors, and he placed C4 on top of those doors, and he would drop the Quetzal, pretty much a suicide Quetzal. And He's sacrificed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I actually and... have a link to uh, X One Wing X Quetz Bomber video, which showed so him awesome. making this. It's really awesome. He even he even uses what what is it electrical cross the cross yeah. wires. Uh, I think As... I watched that same video. Well, he had the uh, he the, the previous yeah. version that got patched, right? The Dodo mm -hmm. bombing, which yes. I just thought was brilliant. And he even said, like, this is one thing he actually did not make a video of just because of how dangerous it was. But it is pretty expensive to... Kind of expensive oh, to yeah. make it. Oh, yeah. But still, I was impressed. However, we're seeing this, a similar thing being used for the Parasurs as well, where they'll build a little one by one one by one directly beneath the head of the Pariser. Play yeah. C4 in that one by one, rush the Pariser up to the base they want to bomb, and then blow it up. So it, it's I'm assuming we'll see that patched as well. They've already patched the Quet C4 bomber. I would also Price check out the... haven't patched the boat yet. So th that's the thing. And <laughs> So Redbick said, why is Suicide Quets an exploit but cock boats aren't? And he says, title... Doesn't make sense. At least with a quest, it's dedication through a multi-day raise. A raft is literally 30 seconds of farming. And essentially what it is, is you build um, what, a three-tile long one-by-one one of rooms from the driver to the front of the boat. And when you get to where you want to blow up with the boat, because the, the, the collision mechanics are pretty wonky when it comes to rafts. If they're, in, if they're constantly moving, they're going to glitch into anything. So essentially, you take the front of the boat, glitch it into the area, take your or take your guy, place the C4 in the farthest end of your little metal hallway, so it doesn't you don't blow up your own boat 
or try not to blow up your own boat. Most of the time you will. And you just see suicide into the base or water base, whatever, what have you, and blow them up without the C4 there's, being detonated by enemy fire. There's even a better way to do it. You could just do like three walls and then put, place a wall, demo that wall when you're up against like, let's say a turret tower or whatever that's close to the water demo mm -hmm. the wall that's on your raft and then you can just place c4 on that turret tower itself and then you place the wall pretty much in front of you so you don't get hit by those turrets when you back up yeah and then blow it and then boom you're done interestingly enough though the way you just said it doesn't actually involve glitching through stuff well technically yes because you're glitching through a how the boat like submerges onto the water and when you glitch into the have your three by three not your three by three or one by three on your boat you're pretty much glitching it into the thing so you get hit by the turrets mm -hmm. uh, well yeah my point was that your your method involves actually using that more or less as an umbilical to place the c4 safely correct so that's more ingenuity than exploitation my opinion on their solution, going to the Quetzal for a moment, is going to be dependent on what they actually did to fix it. If it's like you can't even put C4 in a Quetzal, I'm going to be kind of sad about that, because I think that was a pretty legitimate tactic, like that one commenter said. Mm -hmm. But maybe if they had made it so like, let's say turrets could no-clip shoot C4 anywhere on the Quetzal's body, so that you have to deal with C4 exploding as you're descending onto the base, and that might be one trade-off way to deal with it i don't know my guess is that they made it so you can't so remember that what a year ago six months a year ago where they made a change to the rat building mechanics of the rest so you couldn't build underneath it or do any of those kind of glitches i think that's probably what they did with the quetzal to quickly get rid of that little tactic where mm -hmm. you couldn't manipulate um ceilings and pillars so that you could build underneath the quetzal or underneath the raft would be my guess on how they fix that. I could be wrong. I don't have a Quetzal to test this on, so eh. So yeah, some decent changes. Though why the Raptor couldn't pounce on players in PVE is beyond my understanding. That's a little weird. Yeah. Though not as weird as why would you want to handcuff somebody to the toilet? I think that's hilarious. Because they'll make a mess wherever you put them if you don't handcuff them uh, to the toilet. <laughs> But it's not like they can flush the toilet themselves. It'll still, it'll still be in the toilet, so all, uh, so all it means is they don't have to be able to smell. <laughs> a better question is, why would you not want to allow that? Toilets cost more money than a chair. <laughs> very true. Yes, very, very true. Now, how about the circle? I still can't believe it take, it's taking them this long to, so that the circle can finally fit through a dino gate. Nah. To be honest, it's been so long since I had a Sarko, I forgot that wasn't a thing. <laughs> I don't know, it's worth having them, especially if you're built next to a pond or deep water, deep body of water. Hit him for yeah, the kill. last time I tried to leave uh, through, through my uh, water gate, my Mosa got pin, uh, pinned by 12 sharks and 2 alpha sharks. That was fun. <laughs> I'm not trying to get anything smaller than a Mosa out, uh, out to my pond. It is now time to search for the blueprints of wisdom as we sift through the dung heaps that line up and down along Arc Avenue. Mm -hmm. 
Now, drop hunting, aka beacon drop hunting. What are the pros and cons of doing this? Is it worth the investment of going out for beacon drops over and over again and collecting yes. blueprints like the water jar and company? For sure. No, on the those, island, but absolutely eventually not. We'll get something useful. <laughs> on the island, absolutely not. But on aberration, the surface drops. Yeah. Ooh, wait, what? The surface. Oh, the surface drops. And eh, I'm saying eh. like up on the surface, like the what's my call it drops. Not like within aberration. On, right. Like the parts you got to go out during the night. It's hard because. What we call surface drops are usually the drops that are on the main map outside of the caves. But on Aberration, you've got cave drops. You've got surface drops, which are out on the, the surface of the arc itself, where you can get roasted by the sun during the daytime. And then um, I guess you have to call the right this what normally we would call surface drops regular drops. Yeah, sorta, of, kinda. I don't know because they're yeah, not just cave call them drops, drops but deep they sea look drops, like cave, cave drops. Uh, cave drops <laughs> or you know aberration surface drops. So. I mean, just because they don't come down from the sky doesn't mean they're not normal drops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, pros and cons of drop hunting. So, basically, you're going to get teased a lot. Who's going to get teased? Okay. No, no, no. Teased is in like you're going to be heading towards that red. You're going to be all excited. Oh, you're going to open okay. it up and there's going to be a compass inside. Yes. <laughs> oh, That's going to happen a lot. But eventually, you'll open it up and you'll find that, uh, that wreck saddle that your tribe's been needing for years. So, uh, yeah. I, I still remember that day. I freaking sent, uh, sent escorts out to bring Trog in after he found that. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was just me, myself, and I who got that uh, the best Rex Saddle BP on the server for the longest time. Until Trog found that one, uh, that one in a random normal drop. So I just awesome. went out a little mm -hmm. bit ago and got a Ascendant Megaloceros Blueprint Saddle 88 armor. So that think, benefited us greatly. Yeah, I mean, if you got the patience, I mean, it's totally worth it. I think it's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just going to add that the most efficient drop hunting that I recall us ever doing was when we had spawn boxes around Scorched Earth. Mm -hmm. Spawn boxes. You can thank me for that. Yeah. yeah. Or on island, we'd have spawn boxes in all the caves to quickly grab the drops there. Spawn, yeah, you spawn in, grab the drop, check it out, pile it up in a nearby vault mm -hmm. or box, and yep. then at some point just do uh, do a sweep around and clear them all out and load them up on your quests. Yep. Or even better, if you've got the tech, tra tech transmitter learned, use that to get them out safely. Yeah. So even the basic P BPs are worth getting because it allows you to save your engram points for other things that you might not get in a drop as a BP, or you want to save up for something better. Crafted um, saddles. Yeah. Crafted saddles as well. Improved weapons, saddle BPs, and tools. Uh, it's really worth your time for drop hunting or taking the time to get them. But it it really helps if you have access to the caves, the deep sea drops, the desert drops, and all that. The really high level ones are where you where you really shine. And of course, that all depends on the kind of alpha you've got on the server or even how all the tribes treat those drops as well and what server you're on because i mean mm -hmm. like if you want the uh for me the best drops i've ever found were in the deep desert on rag mm -hmm. they're static they're easy to find they respawn on a regular basis so it's an easy uh, uh, route to memorize and there's always nice stuff in them and um Last I remember, they had Wildguard had buffed the drops, so you got more items per drop than any other map. Oh yeah, 
two, uh, two. I, I always get two uh, out of them. I, I run it as soon as the sun goes down. I am on a, uh, I'm on a uh, rock drake and heading into the desert. Aberration is similar in that kind, of, in that way as well, because I think half the time you'll get two items, but and the other half you'll get one item per drop. There, there's no rhyme or reason to aberration, and there's a lot, all kinds of different things you can get on aberration as well. But yeah, so. What are some of the best ways you guys can think of for a drop hunter? What kind of dinos should be utilized for these things if they don't have the ability to? On one map. Uh, let's go with island because that's the base game right there. What's the best? It, it dino depends to... on if you uh, if you don't have if you if you do not have uh, like superiority if you're not the alpha, and especially if you're gonna try and snake things from the alpha. Thylacos mm -hmm. with the speed. As much as I rag on speed, as long as it's here, use it. See, I disagree. I would have to say the Pteranodon. Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say. Because yeah, you can spot the drops. Remember, we, we, we would spot they, they drop, are, uh, drop hunting on flyers all the time. They are, but they gave me the ability to see where all the drops were in a large distance around the island. Because unlike deep sea loot crate boxes, you can see those render in from like miles away. Exactly. Well, that's kind of why I don't so much uh, worry about, uh, I'm not so much worried about uh, about being able to see them. It's hard to miss them. You have no idea how many times on the Tyranodon I uh, would grab the drops right out from the Alpha's n uh, nose when I was uh, solo playing. I even did the Kex a few times and he kept trying to kill me because of it. Oh, God. So when you're going after those drops, make sure before you get off your dino, you look around the area so that you're not getting ganked even by a wild dino. I know. It happens so many times. People get excited by a red drop and they forget to check their surroundings and get dismounted mm -hmm. by something. I think we've lost more dinos because of drop hunting than really anything else because people weren't paying attention to what was going on. I mean, I've been sur uh, surprised by... I know an aberration, I legit see a drop, I land right by it, hop off, grab it really fast, hop back on, dip. <laughs> I know in Scorched Earth, I was using the moth for drop hunting all the time, and which I really love to do, but I would always make sure I'm looking around. I'd drop a moth bomb just in case something's coming. Um, seawater drops for the island. Once again, for the island. It's a little confusing if you're not used to going underwater, but once you do the circuit enough times, you'll know where to find them, or at the very least, what we would do, or used to do, was put a foundation pillar to mark the locations where they are. Yeah, I did that routine so many times. I knew the exact location mm -hmm. every spawn point, and if it wasn't here, it's going to be there. And... I never got stung by sea so many times. Anytime I was where, anytime there was any kind of water foliage nearby, I'd check mm -hmm. around and make sure everything was clear. I'd hop off, and a sea scorpion would come out of some place, just that I <laughs> they were just out. barely out of uh, out of sight. And I had to leave my freaking uh, whatever I was uh, on. I'd have that's so why I never brought freaking dolphins with with me. It, it, every dolphin I had died that was mine and even the ones that weren't mine died although usually that was like a dc or something so mm -hmm. <laughs> I, oh, other, I, I, I never took other people's dolphins drop hunting because i knew what would happen sean would kill me for getting another dolphin, one of the dolphins killed every point in this oh yeah definitely that's what i always did get a dolphin put level it just in speed and just go quickly zooming around the island yeah. now um caves Obviously, if you're unable to build a one-by-one one to just quickly spawn in and grab them, you're going to have a lot of time, spend a lot of time going for those drops. But there are little tricks that you can go through, such as the snow cave. 
with all the what are they what are they the abominable snowmen or what are they call them right now? Uh, Yetis. Yetis. Thank you. Abominable Climbing snowmen. picks are amazing in that cave now because there's no flyers. Mm, never used them, but uh, what I did was when I was no longer when I had to go back to playing solo on a particular server. I built a one by one with five or six beds in it, you know, not too close to the cave entrance of the snow cave, but fairly decent distance. So I could spawn in, run in, uh, had a character with a lot of speed, run in. I knew where the, the drops were, grab them, grab them, get them out. But here's one thing about the caves that most people don't realize. You can manipulate the dino spawns. So that you can get them to all follow you into one particular area, leave them there, and no other spawn dinos will spawn, leaving the cave for the most part freely open for you to just run in, get the drops, and run out without being harassed by the dinos. Now, recently, the devs made it so that upon server reset, the server being taken down, the dinos will respawn. But once again, once you figure out what to do, it doesn't take too long to herd them all into one area so you can clear out the cave. That's how I got that's so cheating. many blueprints. I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's not cheating. That is legit. <laughs> it's not my fault the devs did a poor job of with Exploit. the Dino AI. Just like those holes in the <laughs> yeah. mesh, as that are. <gasps> wow. Yeah. You're equating what I do to <laughs> undermeshing? <laughs> how dare you? Wow. Blame it all on Sean. <laughs> Done. Got ready to get in undermeshed. That's Sean's fault. <laughs> I know in the lava cave, I did it. I made I made it so that there were two large or two dino gates in one particular area, and I would just have all the uh, spiders and snakes and dilos just follow me into that. So they they'd all be crowded into this one little area, and I could just run through the lava cave, going la di da di da, and get all the drops for myself. Was the singing mandatory? Oh, the the singing is definitely mandatory because you've gamed the system legitly. <laughs> So, Game the system legitly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what more can we say about drop button uh, besides using Trandon or any kind of fast flyer? Really, is your best bet when you go on carry a shotgun. Carry a shotgun armor. Kite armor. Well, so obviously you should have jumps. good gear when you're going out if you're po if possible. You know, flak, some med brews, a weapon, some bolos, a whip. Though you want pretty much. If you're on a PvP server, you want your kit on you when you go. Because yeah. if there's somebody else doing the same thing you are, either you're going to get killed and get all your loot stolen, or you're going to do the killing and get all his loot. Oh yeah, definitely. PvP. Though there are times where you can use those red drops to set up an ambush for somebody who else is looking for, who's out for drops as well. Done that so many times. Yep. <laughs> Wait for them to land, open the drop, snipe, 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 dead. And you got their kit, you got the drop. Yep. You're good to go. Get their kit, yep. All right, I think we'll end it there unless you guys have any further tips for drop hunting. Don't die. I mean, to be honest, whether you're solo or Don't bother checking what medium, it is. Just press grab all and get the hell out. Exactly. Don't look. Just grab and run. Look later when you're in safety is what I always do. But for small tribes, solo tribes, medium tribes, large tribes, drop hunting is essential. Um, it has bigger benefits for even little to solo, little tribes and solo players. It even has big benefits for good tribes, like big tribes. Like, yeah. 
There's always a chance you're going to get a better compound bow BP or a better saddle BP. Exactly. Though that also brings fishing into it, but fishing is so oh, weird I miss, these days. I, I miss fishing before it was nerfed. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> I used to do that for hours. Legit sit there for six hours until I was out of leech blood. Oh my god. Yeah. Even I didn't fish I, that long at each for a I had so many BPs at the end of it, though. I didn't have that much luck when it came to BPs, and it drove me nuts that I didn't. Though, where you get BPs for fishing poles on Aberration, I don't think you can at all. You would have to bring over a fishing pole from Island. Yeah. Well, a good one. You can, of course, build a perimeter. Oh, that's right. We can bring fishing poles. I completely forgot about that. Hmm. Okay. We got to go raiding. All right. Either raiding or just go tame some uh, underwater creatures and kill. (laughs) <laughs> alpha leads and alpha moses true that Good. is true all right so uh reminder for listeners new and old the archaeology podcast is on itunes now from episode 72 and onwards it's also on android anchor pocket casts and a few other services as well so please subscribe to that and if you would rate and review us that would be awesome because it is time to close out episode 85 of the archaeology podcast Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors. Toodle. Later. Yo. Sorry, what was that? Remember, plan B means use bombs. Well, of course, of course. What's plan C, then? Uh, if bombs don't work, you're kind of in trouble already, aren't you? Good it's point. game over. <laughs> Talking about Syria, right? <laughs> Here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 85 of the Archaeologist Podcast, the show where we discuss everything. Here we go. <laughs> What was that like? Who was that? Push to talk. Who was that? It's only episode 85, I mean. (laughs) All right, here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, you did that on purpose, (laughs) you motherfucker. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm sorry. It's going to be that kind of a show, huh? That kind of a show. (laughs) All right, take three.